0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Positive Talk Podcast. I'm Chuck Allen, and I'm joined by my good friend and clinical therapist, Julie Omrich, and together we host the Positive Talk Podcast.
1: Yeah, and this week's episode is brought to you in part by Clear Path Counseling Network. So at Clear Path, we believe that reaching out for help is hard enough, and finding it should be straightforward and simple. So you can visit clearpathcounseling.org and start your free, completely confidential assessment. In less than 10 minutes, you'll be on your way to discovering your clear path to peace and God's best for your life. So we always like to start with a good story here that has some positive vibes. So we wanted to share this story with you as we get started.
0: So the story goes like this. There are two brothers living on adjoining farms, and they fell into a conflict. Over the 40 years of farming side by side, sharing machinery and providing mutual support and assistance whenever needed, this is their very first big argument. Mm. But it doesn't take much, does it? I mean, a conflict that begins with a small misunderstanding can grow into a major fracture. Weeks spilling into months of hostile silence follow the exchange of bitter and spiteful words between the brothers. Mm. And one morning, there's a knock on the older brother's door and opening the door, the older brother encounters a fellow with a carpenter's tool back and he's eager to do odd jobs around the farm. And after thinking for a quick moment the brother says well yes as a matter of fact i do have a job for you and pointing to the creek separating the two farms the elder brother says last week there was a meadow between our two farms until my brother bulldozed his way to the river levee leaving this creek to divide our land uh-huh. i want to i want to do one better than that i want you to build an 8 foot fence between our properties I won't have to see him or his farm any longer. Uh So the carpenter responds, I think I understand the situation. Why don't you provide me the wood, the nails, and a post hole digger, and I'll get started right away. So the older brother has errands to run. So after readying the supplies, he leaves for the day, all day. The carpenter measures, saws, planes, builds. And just about sunset, the elder brother, the farmer, returns home to see the carpenter completing his task. And the farmer, the jaw literally drops. Wow. For the carpenter has not built a fence at all. Instead, he's created a bridge stretching from one side of the creek to the other. Now, it's a fine piece of work. I mean, complete with handrails, but not at all what the older brother had asked for. Imagine the older brother's surprise when he sees his younger brother standing on the bridge, his hands outstretched as he says, you are quite a fella to build this bridge after all I've said and done. I'm amazed. <laughs> Thank you, brother. And the two brothers meet one another right in the middle of the bridge, embracing in a spirit of reconciliation. And turning, they see the carpenter hoisting his toolbox over his shoulder. No way, says the older brother. Wait, I have a lot of other projects projects for you to do around here. I'd be glad to stay, the carpenter responds. But... I've got many more bridges to build. Wow. I, I want to give a big shout out to Terry Hershey for that encouraging story.
1: Yeah, you know, check that reminds me, we have a sign in our house at the entranceway, and it says something similar to that. It says, if you have more than you need, build a longer table, not a higher fence.
0: Oh, that, that is great. I need to probably find that for, for my house as well, and probably mm-hmm. for my office. Mm-hmm. So Julie, let's get to it. Today's topic is all about reality. Can reality actually be our friend? And if so, how can we see into today's garbled messages of negativity, anger, and anxiety and allow our reality to become our friend?
1: You know, Chuck, I love how you stated it. In reality, reality can be our friend. I think sometimes we tend to focus so much on the negativity that's happening all around us and it just feels really overwhelming. And because of that, we just wanna check out from life and avoid reality right but the challenge with that is that just because we turn a blind eye to problems both in our own hearts and in the world around us it doesn't mean they disappear in fact in our personal lives the more we avoid reality the more difficult our lives become which leads us to want to avoid reality more it becomes a bit of a cycle and there's a phrase for this and carl young he's a famous psychologist he coined it he says What you resist persists because we, as humans, we have this deep need for control. And so we believe that just by resisting something, that we're doing something, that we believe that we can magically make it go away. But in reality, it's facing our reality that helps us take the next right step to actually make it go away, not to store it up somewhere for it to later come out sideways in anger or addiction or codependence or any other way you know sometimes people resist reality simply for a very innocent reason they don't know how to face into it some people avoid facing reality because they've been stuffing those emotions for so long they're scared of what will emerge when they finally do face it It's kind of like a tidal wave that's been building for miles. But a good therapist will help you uncover those feelings in a measured way and avoid becoming flooded with the intensity of it, as we call it. You know, I think it's important to acknowledge here that sometimes we resist change because we don't feel we have the tools needed to change. Once we begin to see our lives with open and clear eyes it's at that point that we can accurately assess what we need in order to make the changes. And then we can find the resources, either internally or externally.
0: You know, while we're finding those, I, I find that reality is an essential element for finding proper direction. Right. It's, it's a lot like a GPS. I can punch in the address of where I want to go, but I first need a clear bearing of where I am to determine the right course of how I need to get there. Now, it's, it sounds simple. And it feels like it shouldn't be as scary as my brain can often make it. And I bet I'm not alone in that. they're not. Sometimes my mind can convince me I'm stuck or trapped or that I'll never get past where I am or what I'm in the middle of. So how would you encourage someone maybe, well, like me, that identifies with my occasional angst with facing our daily realities?
1: Yeah, well, we all have moments where we feel stuck. And I think if you're looking for a simple test to determine if there's an area of your life that you're avoiding facing, I would say look for the loops. And here's what I mean by that. All of us have these areas in our lives where we feel like they're looping over and over again. We feel like we're operating in Groundhog Day. Like the same thing is happening in this area over and over again. We feel like it's just kind of a loop on repeat and we question why can't we seem to get past this. Perhaps we tend to get into the same type of dysfunctional relationship with different people along the way or we start to see everyone around us as just jerks and we don't understand why others can't just get it together. We could be choosing the same type of job over and over and then feeling stuck when we aren't fulfilled. You know, usually when there is a loop, there is some area of our lives, some part of our reality that we haven't quite been able to embrace or address. And when it comes to reality, we can't change reality until we acknowledge it. So what keeps us from doing that? Well, many things. I mean, we have a whole culture built on escapism, right? Don't believe me how many times you open up your screen and you're trying to type in your work address, right? And instead it's F-A-C-E Facebook or YouTube. Why do we do this? Well, as F. Scott Peck says in the first line of his book, The Road Less Traveled, life is difficult. And
0: that statement rears its ugly head every morning. Life is difficult. Mm -hmm. It really can be. And so I think sometimes if we don't feel that we know how to face into the difficulty, we do what seems like the very next best thing, which is, hey, let's just avoid it. Right. And we run from it. Some of you right now may even be starting to get a little uncomfortable because we're hitting on an area of your life that you've been numbing for a while. But stick with us. We promise we're not here to pull the rug out from underneath you. We want to help equip you to let this reality become your friend.
1: Absolutely. You know, we all have these things, these reality defense mechanisms. You ever heard of defense mechanisms? Always, yeah. You know, there are denial, avoidance, blaming. These are things that we use to keep distance from whatever part of our reality we feel is uncomfortable. Because nobody likes to feel discomfort, right? We even do this spiritually, which is a topic for an upcoming podcast, I think, how we use our spirituality to that avoid reality. Is, that is a reality. complete podcast. <laughs> yes, we will address that soon. But let's take a minute to think about that word, defense, in defense mechanisms. The word defense in and of itself means you're trying to protect yourself from something. But there comes a time when our defense mechanisms are no longer protecting us. Mm -hmm. They're actually preventing us from growing and healing. I see it like this. Just like ignoring a credit card payment and then being slapped with a stiff penalty, when we don't confront areas of our lives that seem to be constantly unhealthy, it leads to a much larger bill, if you will, that has to be paid later on. However... If we choose to take a deep breath, open that bill, and even if our hands are shaking, make the call to figure out a payment plan, we feel a bit of relief knowing that taking small steps consistently can really make a difference in facing our reality and, in turn, making it our friend.
0: It really can be. The the concept of, like, the credit card bill and the big bill that pays later,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when when we see reality through that lens, it ought to be a motivator that allows us to say, let's get after it. Right. I mean, in my office, when an individual, a couple, or family is looking for some spiritual wisdom and direction... I offer a few simple and kind of poignant thoughts, including these few. And that is, if you stop, and just this is so hard for all of us, but number one, if you stop thinking about the future and look at where you are right now, what are three things you could do to improve your present circumstances today? Today. Yeah, so the today is the key, right? Mm -hmm. So the key to me is to write them down. Don't just think about them. I imagine you do that in your practice as well.
1: Right, absolutely. Because
0: yeah, there's something powerful. Because once you've written them down, then we can time box them.
1: Time box them. I
0: know it sounds odd, but that really means that you just build time into your schedule that day to start incorporating those three things.
1: Gotcha. It,
0: it goes from intentionality to action. Wow. Keep them attainable, elementary, and keep them focused on your present moment. This isn't about what you're going to do three years from now. It's what we're going to do today. Right. Once you've done that, and it sounds backward for a pastor to say it this way, but once you've done that, stop at the end of the exercise and pray. Ask the divine what he thinks about your three things and what he might encourage you to do in accomplishing them, editing them, adding them, or maybe deleting them. Hmm. But be sure to stop long enough to listen to his prompting and nudging as he hears you and then answers you. Giving him time to answer Mm -hmm. is the key. Giving
1: him time. And then
0: I would encourage you, share these three things with a trusted friend that will help you be accountable to them, and then they can encourage you as you achieve them. Now, Julie, I bet you hear this. I know I hear this. When there are listeners right now who are saying, Chuck, I don't have a trusted friend right now. You and Julie are those, and I'm getting it through a podcast. (laughs) But Maybe part of step two when you're speaking with the divine is to literally ask him for the wisdom to open up the windows and the doors of your heart and be open to who that person could be in your life and that he might reveal that while you're speaking with him. I think maybe finding a trusted friend starts with trusting God to deliver one into your life.
1: I love that. You know, you talked about being still and writing things down. And when you do that, no matter how imperfectly it might feel at first, it moves these things from the idea area of the brain to the implementation area.
0: I know that's true for me. I've proven this over and over in my life. Mm -hmm. And for some of you, there have been defense mechanisms that are in place and they run so deep that you're not sure where to start. I guess what I found in working with hundreds of people and having to deal with my own self that often we talk about underlying maybe even subconscious ways that we avoid reality and how to face and lean into those how I I bet you have some few ideas that you could get us started on that so that we could face into those and we could do so with some confidence.
1: I love the concept of leaning in because that feels a bit counterintuitive when we're trying to avoid and yet it's the very thing that we need to do. Um, I want to share two things that can hopefully provide a helpful start from a psychological perspective. Good, good. So if we want to stop avoiding reality, it's important that we start doing these two things. Number one, take ownership of our lives. Mm-hmm. And you might be saying to me, of course I take ownership of my life, Julie. I, I pay my bills. I do. My, I, I live my life. But we all have a tendency to sometimes blame others when we feel powerless. I mean, how often have you told yourself, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me. I mean, I know those words have entered my mind at times, or maybe it's if only they would do this, then my life would be so much better.
0: That's my line.
1: Mm-hmm. And this is a way that we avoid reality because mm-hmm. what we're doing here is we are essentially creating a roadblock toward change in our own life, but that roadblock is another person. Mm. And it's a person that we can't move and we can't force them to change. So when we talk about the golden rule of change in psychology, we would say that the person who is in the most pain... Will be the first person to make a change. Mm -hmm. So whoever's holding you hostage toward change is most likely not feeling as much pain about that particular situation as you are. Otherwise they would change it. We would say that the degree of pain equals the motivation for change.
0: That is so true.
1: But whereas this is true, this is also why we avoid reality, Mm -hmm. because we don't want to feel that pain to begin with, right? But the pain isn't there for no reason, it's there for a purpose. And it's there as a warning light to remind us that change is needed.
0: Because let's face it, when I'm listening to you, I think to myself, what I've shared, I can't tell you how many times, that when we're faced with a roadblock or pain or challenge or difficulty, Mm -hmm. we can see them in one of two ways. It's either a ladder that we can climb over And look back and learn, oh, look what I have accomplished. Mm -hmm. Or a crutch that I just lean on and then inevitably just can't get past. Hmm. So literally what I've seen is that whatever the challenge or roadblock, we can look at it in one of two ways. It is either a, a ladder that we can climb over it and look back and realize, wait a minute, not only did I move past it, I learned from it, or we can see it as a crutch. And a crutch is something that we're just going to lean on and literally never get past it.
1: Wow. And that's a really great picture for us to be able to see that maybe what's in front of us is actually leading us into something bigger, something greater, a ladder that can take us to a new level. I think facing reality can be scary, um, but when you practice it regularly regularly, it actually becomes more empowering Mm -hmm. and scary. So because of this, a second way to face into reality, I would say, is to do this, to stop giving away your power to others. And here's what I mean by that. So whenever a client says to me, well, they made me mad, so I did this, or if only my husband or my mom or my sister or my friend would change, then I would be happy At that point, I stop and gently say, wow, it sounds like you're giving them entirely too much power over your life. So let's take a moment to think about that today. Who in your life are you handing over power to? And in what ways is it hindering you from facing reality?
0: You know, this is one of those things where uh, the literal science behind this and the spiritual application in this are one in the same. Yeah. Because our ability to surrender to our creator mm-hmm. is not the same when we surrender our power to another human.
1: Absolutely. we
0: The ability to surrender vertically mm-hmm. is when we receive greater power. Right. But when we give that power away, especially in the sense of someone convincing us through a negative statement Mm -hmm. or taking on offense that may not be ours, we're literally taking power that was intended for us and placing it in the hands of someone it was never intended for.
1: Right. That is so true. You know, I want to encourage anyone listening, this process, it takes time. You know, don't try to face into everything all at once. If you've avoided reality, it's for a reason. You were trying to keep yourself safe Mm -hmm. at that point in time. As you're moving into facing reality, I would encourage us to avoid falling prey to the all or nothing mindset. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. You don't have to face into everything, but you also don't have to avoid everything. You don't have to do things perfectly to get started. And on the flip side of that, We don't have to keep fueling a mistake just because we've spent a lot of time and energy making it.
0: Now, you were doing great in this podcast until all (laughs) of a sudden you decided to make it personal (laughs) with your partner Chuck here. So I'm one of those people that occasionally, if it's not perfection, Mm. I get frozen Mm. or I've invested so much time or energy in it, I feel like I have to continue it. Yeah. But what you're saying is you don't have to live being frozen by either extreme. Right. You can literally find a, a lane of reason that allows you to get to peace and, and avoid the all or nothing mindset. All or
1: nothing mindset. Yeah. That's now a to me, podcast. That's the keeper
0: on the <laughs> yeah. podcast today. So while we wrap up from both of us, thanks so much for joining us on episode number two of the Positive Talk podcast. We'll be back next week with another good word of positivity and encouragement for you. And so until then, we want to leave you with a wonderful quote from Zig Ziglar that said, One small positive thought can change your whole day.
1: Yes. And as we continue to explore ways to live positively without avoiding reality, I want to also encourage you that positive thinking is not about avoiding negative thoughts. It's about redeeming them. So remember, if you are feeling stuck, Clear Path Counseling, we're here for you. Start discovering your Clear Path by completing your free assessment at clearpathcounseling.org today.
0: Thanks so much for joining us. Go in peace. Thanks.